Welcome to Testers Island Discs, your most musical guide to software testing. My name's Neil Studd, and I'll be your castaway companion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Testers Island Discs, where you can probably tell from the background noise that we're doing something a bit different today. But before we get to that, there's a whole load of business to get out of the way because these are these are changing times. Um, if you're listening back to this a long time in the future, uh, this episode has been recorded just after the passing of Queen Elizabeth II just a few weeks ago. Uh, so a big impact on the lives of everyone uh, in the UK, who, you know, where Queen Elizabeth was basically all we knew. So new times indeed. And also for me at work, I've started a new job recently. I'm now working for Makers Academy based out of London, uh, or I'm working remotely, uh, coaching their developer bootcamp course. So helping bring new people into the industry, not just testers, but also developers. So really flexing the coaching muscles that I enjoy doing. Final piece of business, this episode is actually the podcast's fifth anniversary. Can you believe we've been going for five years? There's very few things in my life that I've done for five years, certainly in the world of work. My longest job has been like three and a half years. So this, I guess, is my biggest contribution in my career, (laughs) with the help uh, particularly of Mark Wintringham, who stepped in to cover hosting duties in 2019 and 2020. But five years, and there's so many people that I would like to thank, particularly our editor, Ian, who I've spared him the uh, pain of editing this episode because this one's a bit different. Uh, Not only is it uh, live, as you could tell, but uh, it's going to be turned around very quickly. So uh, this one is on me. Uh, Thanks to Thomas for all the episode artwork that he's produced uh, every single month. And everybody in the Ministry of Testing team who've been responsible for promoting the podcast, finding our sponsors, and getting the episodes out on time every single month. As you can tell by now, and as you probably knew when you clicked on the name of the episode, this episode is coming live from Teshbash in uh, Manchester, live in the UK, uh, for the first time since 2019, for obvious reasons. It's three years since the last in-person Teshbash uh, in 2019, uh, and it's been a heck of an event. It's been really, really enjoyable. It's been particularly noticeable that it's taken 20 minutes to walk from any side of the building to the other, because you keep seeing people you've not seen for years. It's uh, such a, a rare pleasure to actually see people face to face. At time of recording, I'm not sure how this episode is going to work. (laughs) I am not sure who I'm going to be talking to. We'll see who turns up. Uh, It's going to be a series of small anecdotes with your usual songs in between. I'll recap all of the songs at the end uh, so that you get a feel for what's been listened to. Uh, And also all the songs will go onto the Spotify Spotify? Spotify playlist as normal. I'm also not going to edit out mistakes because I haven't got time. (laughs) Here is a live episode for you. But before we get into the guests... Um, let's start with a song that represents what this particular conference has, has meant. And there are a few musical highlights that I could have picked. Um, we're only on day one, and already we've had a live on-stage performance of the Macarena by all the Test Bash volunteers. Uh, we've had Callum Akehurst Ryan, former podcast guest, singing an adaptation of Be Our Guest from Beauty and the Beast. He sang lyrics, We Should Test. Um, but I went with the one that would sound best on the podcast, and that was from Stuart Day and Bernard Richards, who did a talk this morning called What is Quality Coaching?, And they did a warm-up at the beginning, which was a dance um, popularised by Will Smith, uh, which is from the Graham Norton show uh, and also from the Fresh Prince TV show, where they did a dance to the Sugar Hill Gang with Apache Jump on it.
And my first guest here today is Yenir from Loadmill. Yenir, nice to speak to you. Same. Nice yeah. to have him being here. Nice to see you face to face. It's really weird being at an event with other people for the first time in, in three years. Yeah, how's, how's the Test Bash experience been for you? Oh, it's, uh, it's amazing. First of all, yeah, it's been two years. And after those two years, you set up like this amazing event with how many? Five trucks? How it's, many people yeah. are there? It's amazing. I've known people say they have FOMO, fear of missing out, when they're not at an event. This is the first time I've been at a test bash where I feel FOMO from being here because there is so much going on. As you say, there are workshops, there are activities. Absolutely. Like I, I keep bumping into people, and one of them, uh, a former boss of mine, just pulled me up into a completely different room, the, the hexagon, I think it is, where there are loads of activities set up. Like I wouldn't have gone in there if it wasn't for him, and I was just delighted. that There are so many sort of happy accidents, not just the people you know, but the people like me and you who have never spoken before. It's just a yeah. really pleasant experience. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I agree with you. And uh, I stumbled upon a lot of new people, uh, which also were a refreshing uh, thing uh, uh, since the last two years. Mm. Um, Obviously, we've had lots of um, online experiences over the past few years. And within our companies, we've had quite strong internal communities because they're the only people we can talk to. What's it like being out there and talking to people who you don't normally talk to again? Well, uh, it's a, it's back uh, back uh, kind of back uh, to the to the old times for me, and uh, it uh, it feels like things are almost back to normal. Uh, to to, to some to some degree of normal, yeah. I don't know whether they'll ever be truly normal, and I think yeah. if anything, our eyes have been opened up to how much we can do online, particularly when with work itself. Uh, but there are certain things you can't replace, and that the benefit of just bumping into somebody you can't really bump into people online yeah absolutely and uh, it's amazing to see how the industry developed over the years even though we haven't met face to face i still see that everything paced and they uh, kept evolving and uh, it's nice to see new experiences new products new ideas mm. yeah. there, there are always new ideas it's really interesting so far there are some serious themes that I'm seeing in everything that I've been to. I've been to a lot of the talks today and a lot of the same words keep coming up. And it's like a few years ago, everybody was talking about DevOps or everyone was talking about shift left. There's been a real push in the talks around the term quality engineering. The fact that testing is a skill-based activity that has technical expertise behind it and that we serve a role for the wider business. And it's being spoken about in a way I've not heard for a long time. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think um, the digital transformation um, pushed a bit further because of what we had for the recent two years. Um, yeah, I, I think a lot of companies who were, who were struggling to either take themselves online or whatever, COVID gave them no choice. If you wanted to survive, you had to change. Yeah, yeah, and, and it puts a quality in test automation in a different, entirely different place, like... If sometimes you you kind of uh, it was nice to have today it's a, it's a must. It's a, you have a, you have things to risk because everything is online. Is everything is a, um, like all the fans going through through the internet? Yeah. yeah. Well, enough about the conference. Tell me a bit about Yanni the Tester. What's what's your career story been? Oh, my career. Um, I've been in a while, I've been uh, for, I would say, 12 years in the industry. I'm not a typical or a classic tester. I work with testers. Mm. 
Um, for the recent years, I'm a solution engineer, you might say. Um, I worked for many companies in the industry, represented uh, um, waves like uh, visual testing, if you heard of. Mm, yeah. uh, today, I'm more uh, on the API testing uh, stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, I, uh, as, uh, as many of us started as a test uh, engineer, uh, automation engineer, uh, and then I uh, just drifted uh, with the opportunities and uh, found myself uh, guiding people uh, for best practices, for, uh, um, for new products, new ideas. Yeah. Well, you can now also add podcast guests to that list because yeah, uh, yeah. you're the first person whose arm I've twisted today. So thank you yeah. very much. Your reward okay. before I let you go, as is the Testers Island Disc tradition, you are allowed to pick one song to appear on the podcast. Uh, what song would you like to pick and why? Yeah, um, Kaiser Chiefs. So I think uh, we used to hear it uh, a lot with uh, my first uh, startup experience, which is Apple Tools, probably everybody heard. Um, and we heard a lot because uh, Ruby, the programming languages, the language, uh, gave us a bit of uh, a headache back in the days. So every time we had a, a bug in that framework, we just put that uh, song. Fantastic, and I will play it here for you now. The next guest I'm talking to is Alex Reynolds, who was giving a talk on the main stage on Thursday titled The Power of Habit, something that was really interesting to me, uh, not least because he got deeply into James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, which is literally next on my reading list. Welcome to the Impromptu Podcast, Alex. Thank you for having me, Neil. It's great to be here. Thank yeah. you. You're, uh, we're speaking here from the, the AMA bar, which is the Ask Me Anything uh, bar. Uh, it's a, a new format that Test Bash is trying this year, where rather than having like 10 minutes of Q&A at the end, where... Sometimes it's awkwardly quiet, or sometimes someone goes deep on a topic when, and denies other people questions. Mm. This is a new format, which I, I love the fact that MOT always try new things, like a place people can come and talk to, specifically yeah. to talk to the speaker uh, in confidence about the content of the talk. How have you found that? Actually, it's, it's been quite good. I had a couple of people come up and talk to me. It's been quite quiet, but actually, that's been really useful because it's allowed us to get into some really deep conversations. Mm. Um, it actually ended up being a bit, bit more of a coaching session than actually just an AMA, <laughs> so, but it was really interesting. It was yeah. really good, yeah. I think that's the fantastic thing about this, the multi-track format that Test Bash has taken this year is there's a different kind of space for everybody. I've had a really interesting discussion or two in the quiet room, which is, you know, it's not a silent room, but it's a place people can go for <laughs> reflection. And I've noticed someone reflecting on a thing that I was also reflecting on. And we had a little one-to-one -one conversation that you wouldn't otherwise have had. Uh, it's really, really nice. Um, obviously, the talks from the conference are going to be made available online uh, in the next couple of weeks. So if you're an attendee or if you're a pro member, you can see them online. Um, one of my favorite things that you said, though, was that um, on the subject of habits and how they're different from goals, you said winners and losers have the same goals. What did you mean by that? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's, what people don't often realize is that, you know, the, the Olympian wants to win a gold medal, okay? The candidate wants to get the job. But what differentiates the winners to the losers is the system. 
And that's the thing, it's a system that you need to look at. So it's the preparation you put in, both mental and physical, it's the environment that you set up and develop, and it's the underlying, all those little behaviours that you put in place, that they build up and then create this system that allows you to succeed. Yeah, and it's funny you should mention Olympians, and you mentioned also like fitness goals is a big thing where people like, January the 1st, I'm going to yeah. become fit. And I noticed that on, I signed up for like pro membership on Strava recently. Again, rather than like take up fitness, I signed up for pro Strava thinking that makes you fit. But you can see like, uh, they have like segments or like courses that you can look at mm -hmm. and you can see like the volume of people taking them. There's like a bar graph. It's like January, boom, February, yep. boom, March, boom. Then a massive drop off where everyone has just, it, it yeah. drops away. Yeah. What is it about a habit that makes it uh, become a habit? It's sustainability. That's the, that's the key thing, you know, by, by forcing your brain to get into this mode where it's a, a habit, and you're actually, you're almost tricking your brain to make it automatic. Mm. And there's a separate part of the brain that does this, and we can push the habits in there, and we can force them to happen. And when you do that, these things become automatic. Mm. So, for example, if you wanted to be a runner, you, you get out your running kit, and you set it next to you in the bedroom in the morning. And then you wake up in the morning, the first thing you see is your running kit, and you put it on. Eventually, it'll get to the point... You may forget one night and you wake up and go, oh, where's my running kit? That's when you know it's a habit because you're looking for it and you're ready to go out for yeah. a run. And initially, you wouldn't start out doing you know, 10K straight away. You maybe start out going, well, I'm just going to put my running kit on and I'm going to just run around the house. That's mm. it. You just start off really, really small. And then once that's in, you can extend the time out and you make that system, that underlying system, much better. Yeah. I've set myself a, a ticking clock for mine because I have signed up for the Manchester 10K, but it's not until April next year. Right. The idea being is that I now need to drill that into a habit so that it's not... You know, I don't take up running on April the 1st. I take up running on October the 1st, maybe. But, um, yeah, well, it's, I don't want to keep you too much longer because you've had a busy day talking. Uh, you've got a, a workshop tomorrow morning as yeah. well. Um, the one thing I'm saying to everybody who contributes today is, as usual on the podcast, you get to choose a song that represents what uh, either your life means to you or what you mean or what people, reminds people of you. What song have you picked? Well, for me, uh, there's only one song I would ever pick, and that's uh, Hanson's Mbop. It oh, is yes. just my... It's, my life song, I love it, absolutely love it. It just cheers me up whenever I hear it. That was Hanson, Mbop. <laughs> and if you notice the change of background noise, it's because it's now day two and we're at breakfast here at the Holiday Inn. And I'm joined by one of yesterday's speakers, Simon Pryor. Hi, Simon. Hello. Thank you very much for letting me interrupt your breakfast. No worries at all. Uh, you're one of the people who managed to get all of their stuff out of the way yesterday. So doesn't mean day two is a, a rest and enjoyment day for you? Um, yeah, it means I can actually sit back and, and dabble in other, act other activities and workshops rather than being sat in the, in the conference yeah. for most of the day. Yeah. I remember Test Bash Philadelphia a few years ago where I think I was the final speaker on, on one of the days, or, or the only day. And yeah, it made it very difficult to enjoy the conference because my talk was going around my head the entire day. And yeah. I was like, when do I get to enjoy this? Yeah, uh, I, I said to some people yesterday that it feels like doing the, the speech at your wedding where you're waiting for that speech before you can actually sit and eat and enjoy the rest of the evening afterwards. And that's exactly how I felt yesterday until I got the talk out of the way. Excellent. Uh, did you enjoy the, uh, the wedding buffet in the evening yesterday? <laughs> Absolutely. 
I, I saw a, a few good photos that you were out on the out on the town. Yeah, with most of the MOT folks. So yeah, yeah. it was good to uh, good to catch up and, and chew the fat. I was relatively early to bed, and it was only because I was at the the recruitment fair in the evening, which was really really busy because it wasn't open just to conference attendees. There was uh, anyone local was allowed to come down and, and watch some talks. And the noise level there was such that if I'd stayed there, I'd have had no voice today. And I've, yes. I've seen a couple of people today, uh, Morning Anya from, from MOT, who were uh, in that position. Yes, yes. Yeah. You're one of the people who yesterday was giving a talk, uh, banging the drum of, of quality engineering. Uh, if you could possibly boil a 30-minute talk into two minutes, what, what's quality engineering that, that differentiates, differentiates itself from testing? So I think the way, way I've tried to describe this, and, and I've done it visually for work as well, is... Testing is part of the quality engineering picture, but it's an equation that includes other things such as releases, um, DevOps to some extent, automation, test environments, uh, quality assurance as well as a piece. And it's just bringing it all together under one one name where we are actually trying to engineer and craft quality mm -hmm. into the solution alongside the other teams. Yeah, and your story for those who um, haven't yet seen the talk, which will be available on the MOT website in the next couple of weeks for pro members, um, yours, I would describe it as a success story. You've, you've kind of overhauled the practice at EasyJet to the extent that you are now quality engineers. Yes, absolutely. So we got the news this last week that, uh, that the change of job titles will be happening in the next few weeks. So everyone's going to become quality engineers or quality engineering managers, etc. So yes, absolutely. It's, um, it's been a challenge, but we've, we've, we've got it over the line. Yeah, fantastic. And uh, I can only finish by saying, you know, what's it been like being back at an, an actual event, you know, three years after the, the last MOT event here in Manchester? It has been surreal because especially... I think the online community blew up over the pandemic for obvious reasons and it feels like everywhere I turn is someone I know virtually that I'm now meeting in person for the first time yeah. and there's always that awkward thing of they're taller than I thought they'd yeah. be or, or they're shorter than I thought they'd be everyone's in 3D like yes, I see people absolutely. like I didn't realize your your face went in those directions like that's just a, a weird thing to say <laughs> but like like you're like sort of picture a 2D version yeah. and go, oh yeah, no, no, it's you. And this holiday in as well, it's been like a university halls of residence. You walk out <laughs> into the corridor and there's five other testers that you, you recognise as you walk down the yeah. hallway. I, I'm, wearing, I'm wearing an MOT t-shirt today, so I think that helps. But yeah, like they've been just, just conversations in, it's had like a campus feel. It it's has, been, uh, definitely. Yeah, very, very surreal. Right, uh, I should let you go and finish enjoying your breakfast before day two begins. Uh, in the meantime though, what song would you like to leave us with on this here podcast? I think it's quite an apt song. Um, it's called The Gathering by Frank Turner. That was Frank Turner with The Gathering, uh, picked by Simon Pryor for this special live episode of Tessa's Island Discs. And in a podcast first, I have two guests in front of me now. I've never had three of us on the microphone at one time. Uh, it's Vernon Richards and Stuart Day, uh, who have been talking uh, yesterday at the, at the conference about uh, coaching. And are going to be doing a workshop today on, on what is quality coaching and how to better facilitate. Good morning, both of you. Greetings, greetings. Hello. How are you? Uh, on day two, I'm asking people, how, how, how did night one go for you? Are you well-rested or... Did you well socialise? I got to my hotel in time, but I just had a bad night's sleep. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I, yeah, I mean, yesterday evening was just <laughs> a big come down, to be fair. Honestly, it was like, I think it was in bed by 11 and, yeah. I, I, one of the, my favourite things about the conference has been a night in a hotel room, like uh, with a young child in the house, it's, it's, it's really, really invaluable. Yeah. So your talk uh, and your uh, workshop on day two is, is one of the things that I'm really looking forward to at this conference because I'm uh, very much in the coaching, coaching space now, less so in the quality space. Um, one of the things that stand, stand, stood up for me in your talk, talk yesterday, other than the dance itself, which we've already uh, mentioned on the podcast, um, is the idea of the difference between teaching and coaching and how it being like a, a continuum. Can, can you describe that for listeners? Yeah, so the, the way I've learned it is at one end of this spectrum, you can be very directive and telling people. And the way I think about it is it's like you have the answer and the other person does not have the answer. So you're telling. And then at the extreme other end, they have the answer and you do not have the answer. But you have the questions. Mm. And so you're trying to help them solve their own problem. Whereas at teaching... It's very much you're trying to solve that person's problem. And then in the middle, you can kind of offer your experience or you can offer to help people figure it out for themselves. Yeah. I've certainly seen experiences of, of being in workshops where people are teaching um, with some very famous names in, in testing who are maybe more on the directive side of things. And yes. I, I've seen the impact that has on people and how people can be resistant to learning and how people can be resistant to the approach that comes across. Stu, how much do you think that learning is influenced by the style of the person who's, who's offering the coaching? I, I, it's 100%. You know, everybody learns differently, for one. Um, and I think if, if, you've got, if you're being coached by somebody that is actually coaching and not teaching, and often people say, oh, I'm a coach, really what they're doing is training somebody, yeah. um, it makes a massive difference. And... You know, I, and I was saying this to Vern yesterday, I find coaching people in subject matters that I have no experience in way easier than coaching people in the subject matter that I have a lot of experience in because it, it's easier for me not to try and give my opinion or even, yeah. you know, and just go into that questioning mode because curiosity then starts building from there. So. Yeah. It definitely makes a huge difference. I've seen that just myself in the past week. I'm, I'm teaching, teaching some developers at the moment. Sorry, coaching some developers. I'm not teaching at all. Um, and I'm doing several pathways with them, one of which is Java, which I have no experience with. So when they come to me with Java questions, I'm less inclined to try to give them the answer. And I yeah. say, well, let's work through this together because I have to. And actually, yeah. that's, that's uh, really beneficial. And you learn as well. Yeah, exactly. That's a great thing, right? You learn something from that yourself. It's, yeah. it's, it's really powerful when, mm. it's, when it's done well. Yeah. Let's talk about Test Bash itself, about being back in person and what a delight it is. And particularly this time around, um, the kind of multi-track approach, the fact that you have been giving both a talk and a workshop. What's that like, being able to give like, um, like different levels of uh, input to, to attendees? I have found it pretty cool to be able to... Also, we, got, we kind of got lucky with the schedule. We kind of said, hey, can we do our presentation first? Because then we could just build on, we could just explain what we wanted to explain. And then all the other activities would give people a chance to come and attack us with questions. Maybe we didn't clarify something very well in the presentation. Maybe they wanted to hear more about something. So I really like that approach from a content creator point of view. From an attendee point of view, the FOMO is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. Because there are so many amazing people here creating content of all kinds. There are people from all over the world that I've been dying to meet. 
Julie of Pottinger's one. I can't. Like, I haven't had a chance to speak to her yet. I keep seeing them waving at each other and stuff like that. So, yeah, that that is pretty. It's a it's like a double-edged sword for me. Yeah, yeah. same for me. I mean, I, I ended up scrolling through Twitter last night thinking, oh, I missed that. I missed that. Yeah. I missed that. But at the same time, the fact that we are able to expand on talk content is so is so much more beneficial for people because yeah. if they didn't get to the tour yeah they can come to something else so I think just being able to do that especially on a topic like coaching you cannot really cover everything in 30 minutes yeah right it's kind of we're just touching the surface here so well and it's very and it's very experiential so because of the different styles of content that they've asked, asked us to do and this applies to all the speakers um, you're able to get into it differently, particularly for our topic, it's very experiential coaching. You get the most out of it by doing it, so, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> well, I'm gonna let you go and start doing it now because you have a workshop to prepare for. We do. I'm intending to be there as well. Uh, apologies to everyone who um, has noticed that they've just started packing away the teacups next to us <laughs> as I started recording. I found a quiet place and then it stopped being quiet. But before the two of you go, have you collaborated together to pick a song that's gonna appear on the, play on the podcast? Uh, we're gonna go with Loyal Karna, uh, and it's called Georgetown. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, small man cast a big shadow, ready on Braco, heart stay dodging from the arrow. Skin of my teeth, late nights, I was tarot. Sweet to the bone, to the marrow, the marshmallow. Yeah, wonder why the water's so shallow. The sun was my ally, the night was my gallows. I'm cooking up the chips in the tallow Invisibility cloak like the hollows Black like tobacco Black like the lungs of my dad smoked away In the days that the hate stayed narrow I'm from the age where the hate seems macro We keep a little loyal in the afro The black sparrow Hit the high seas straight like Sopranos The streets still hot like Serrano's Surround wrap around the bad town So we had to grab the hose Let the cold water flow over man's nose that was Georgetown by Loyal Karna, which was picked by Vernon Richards and Stu Day. And I'm joined now by one of the miniature testing team. It's Diana Dromi, the event boss. Hi, Diana. How are you doing? Hi, good morning. I'm very good. And you? Uh, fantastic. What's it been like organising an event that's actually an event in oh, person? Oh, yeah. It's just been a long time waiting for this. Yeah. A long time. Years, actually. Well, we all know what the world has been through. So, um... So yeah, I was really, really excited so much that I couldn't sleep the night before. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Christmas, yeah. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. No, really excited. It still hasn't sink in fully. Yeah. I think it will do at the end, but no, it, it's been amazing, amazing. I guess organizing events online has its own challenges, you know, doing those things at scale and finding the tools, but it's only when you see the minutiae of what's happening in person, like you hear in the background all the teas and coffees being wheeled around and making sure those things happen on a schedule. Uh, and like the thing that's really revolutionized it for me this time around has been the Test Bash app. Like the fact that there is an app where you can not just see the schedule, but people, and I'm assuming you're one of those people, can just push messages out to everyone who's got the app saying, just so you know, this is happening in 10 minutes. I heard you just now scheduling up a free drinks message. <laughs> like, that's amazing. It must just that change how, how the event works. It's more, much more active. Exactly. So there, there was a lot of those messages and information. So the, the concept behind the app as well was mostly because this is the first time we're doing a multi-track conference. Yeah. And we needed to give this opportunity for everyone to actually be able to create their own schedules and be able to have their own sessions, the ones that they want to attend, and not just be completely overwhelmed with a massive schedule that we have in for these two days. 
So that was the main concept behind the app. And then as well, that possibility of being able to communicate those messages to everyone is a great feature as well because the venue is huge. It's all over the place. We've taken over the whole of the theatre yeah. and we can't see everyone at all times. So this is a good way as well to keep that message momentum going all the time. So yeah, I noticed that at the recruitment fair yesterday when Richard was trying to let people know that talks are starting and the level of noise was so high that even with the microphone here at the Lowry, yeah. you couldn't hear it. There's no, no chance, but luckily no. the app was there and you can go ping just to yeah. let you know, five minutes time, it's amazing. Yeah. Exactly. No, that was a really good feature that we thought of and uh, yeah, this event has been in the planning for months and months and every detail I've been thought of and planned for. Of course, there's always those last minute things happening all the time, but that's part of it yeah. and that's, that's a good buzz. That's why I loved doing this. Well, I cannot wait for the next one and I know that Test Bash UK is going to start moving around now and I'm looking forward to finding out where the next one is. Uh, I believe, I heard a rumour that it may be announced today. I won't say it on air now, just in case it isn't, but uh, I cannot wait for the next one of these, wherever it may be. Uh, it has been mistakenly, mis mistakenly announced already, actually. <laughs> so my understanding was that it is, it is launched. It has been announced. Uh, Richard had the idea that we wanted to announce at the end of the day. Yeah. I had the idea that we were going to announce it at the beginning of the day, so we ended up <laughs> announcing it at the beginning of the day. Oh, fantastic. But yeah, so Test Bash UK 2023 dates are now uh, online. You are able to buy a Blind Bird ticket already, and we are going to Cambridge next next year. So yeah, Test Bash UK will be moving around the UK yeah. uh, every year, good, and yeah. we will pick key locations around and do a similar format yeah. Um, as well next year. Cambridge is going to be brilliant. It's, it's where it all began. Like People think the Test Bash has always been in Brighton, but the very, very first one was in Cambridge, which is really weird because I was working in Cambridge at the time and I remember hearing about it. This is before I really knew about ministry of testing. Mm -hmm. And like, I just didn't drag myself down to it and I've regretted it ever since. But now it's going back to Cambridge, where all my family are from as well. Like, it's a free holiday. I don't pay for accommodation. I can go and there crash the family. Brilliant. Like, but there was wait. a thought behind Cambridge because we are celebrating our 10 years anniversary, Ministry of Testing, and we went back to the origins to celebrate the Fantastic. beginning of Ministry of Testing as well. Well, uh, I'm sure you'll have lots of time to pause and reflect and hear from attendees about how this went. Yes. But um, first feedback from me, absolutely awesome. Like, like no wish. test bash I've ever had before. And certainly like no test match for the past three years. So thank you very much for everything that oh, you put in. Uh, it feels like the very least I could do is offer uh, you to have a song played on the playlist. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, so my chosen song is You Can Call Me All by Paul Simon. Um, it was my first dance song in my wedding and I just celebrated five years anniversary yesterday. Oh, so I think it's, it's a good thing to put out there and to celebrate my wedding with my husband. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Diana. Thank you very much. <laughs> That was Paul Simon with You Can Call Me Al, picked by the Ministry of Testing's event boss, Diana Dromi. Uh, rushed off her feet today, very lucky to get some of her time. And I'm also very lucky today to be talking to attendee Yulia Furster. Nice to speak to you, Yulia. How Hi. are you doing? Hi, Nile. I'm very good. How are you doing? Really, really well. Uh, like I say, like I'm so delighted to be on day two of the conference and still have my voice. That's a real challenge with a, a long event. Um, what have talks have you particularly enjoyed so far? Um, so I, it's only day one which yeah. went over and I really enjoyed um, 
actually the mixture of the talks. So I think we have a lot of talks about um, setting up the right culture in uh, technology companies, combined with talking about psychological effects like uh, cognitive ease, etc., which I really embrace because it's quite important. Um, and then there's also uh, a mixture of talks about more um, hands-on of uh, technology. So I, for example, liked uh, the talk from Christian Baumann, Don't Be a Fool with a Tool, where he spoke a lot about um, coding uh, practices, uh, which is inspired by Martin Fowler, who wrote the book Clean Code. And then I also liked a lot the talk from Alex Reynold, um, which was about the power of habits. Um, and he gave an instruction on how to set up your habits and why it's so important. Yeah. Alex appeared earlier in this podcast. I interviewed him yesterday and I actually I made a promise to him that I was going to set up a habit to do some running. I said I was going to do some running and I did this morning. 6.30 a.m. I was out running around Media City. I did 5K. So uh, Alex's message has got through to me. Uh, you named check some really good talks there. You mentioned like cognitive biases. Uh, Nitin's talk was just like in terms of like information per second, just the amount of like, boom, boom. He didn't even have time to talk about all of them. He had so many things on his slides, like things to recognize when your brain is, is falling into traps. And like, if that information is new to you, there's so much depth in a lot of these talks, I think. Yes, yes, yeah. indeed. What are you particularly looking forward to today? Um, so I'm actually going to the uh, workshop from Benjamin uh, to do the clean code practices um, because it's quite valuable. It's not about testing, um, it's about making testing even easier and preventing to have a lot of bugs and having the application scalable, etc. I think, yeah, that's uh, something which we should focus a lot more on as well in yeah. general. It comes back to yesterday's talks about quality engineering principles. You know, clean code isn't testing, but cleaner code has higher quality or it's easier to test. So it's an important part of the picture and that's a really big message I'm seeing at Test Bash this year is just like, we are not working in isolation. Yes. Yeah. Well, I shall let you go because we're about to be inundated with people drinking tea again. Anyone listening to this podcast is going to think people just drink tea, but there are, there are talks and stuff happening in between. But before I let you go, Julia, what song would you like to pick for us to play on the podcast? Um, I'm picking Baba O'Reilly, uh, The Who. Fantastic. It has appeared on the podcast before. Shea Compton picked it in 2018. So here's a second play for Baba O'Reilly. That was The Who with Baba O'Reilly, picked by Yulia, in the last section. And you may have noticed the noise has changed again because we're outside broadcasting now. We're on the balcony of the compass room at the top of the Lowry, where I am joined by friend and twice former colleague, uh, Steve Moss. How are you doing, Steve? I'm very well, thank you, Neil. Uh, it's always a pleasure to meet up and uh, talk through things with you. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah, to still be standing at the end of day two is, a, is no mean feat at a conference. Uh, definitely so. I mean, uh, there's there's definitely lots of things to uh, see and do and people to engage in some very enlightening conversations over a beer with. Yeah. 
So you're here in sponsor capacity. Actually, I talked about you in an earlier section, which was actually yesterday, where I, I said that you'd dragged me up to this room at the top where all the sponsors are gathering and doing really interesting things. So you're from Virtuoso. Uh, many other sponsors are here. Uh, I'm talking to Steve as a, a good pal, but uh, what's the sponsor experience been like for you here compared to other, other places? It, it's been really interesting. So um, what we're doing is um, trying to get some visibility into, um, into the conferences and, uh, and just put our, our presence about there and be on hand to you know, talk around things like what we're doing in terms of uh, test automation uh, through a SaaS solution but also, you know, get to meet with like-minded individuals. Yeah, it's been an absolute hive of activity up here. There's, there's people coming and going all the time. There's lots of really hands-on applicable stuff. And I mean, I, I had a look at what you're up to yesterday and like, in terms of getting value, this is one of the most valuable rooms I've seen, like, like actual applied learning. Yeah, so, so uh, we've approached it in quite an interesting way that um, our workshop has been a case of um, showing uh, a very small um, demonstration of what uh, the applic uh, application does or our automation solution, but actually putting it in the hands of the, uh, the users to just play around with and see what they can create in a short space of time. And um, it's, it's been very enlightening and seeing people from mixed backgrounds from you know, yeah. being very automation heavy and uh, being manual and, and getting some value out yeah. of it. You're right that a lot of tools will demo well or even built to demo well, but I think one of them kind of seems like I say about your tool was there was a demo and it was coded against a website that shall rename nameless that we both used to work for who relaunched their website or changed part of their journey yesterday so that the test that we built in wasn't going to work anyway. So we had to work around it and you showed how the tool would do that. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's uh, a great real life example of how <laughs> demos need to be uh, adapted. Like you can plan ahead, but never quite get there. In fact, actually... Um, we, we had the same situation earlier in the morning, hence using the website whose name will not be named <laughs> as the fallback option to then have a fallback option again. I don't know why we're protecting compare the market. What have they ever done for us? <laughs> great things. Only great things. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, uh, really enjoyable. Well, I'm wary of keeping too much more of your time, and particularly because that leaf blower or whatever it is that is probably coming across in the background is probably very annoying if you've got headphones in. Um, but thanks so much for talking to us, Steve. Um, I think you're the last person I'm speaking to today because we're running out of time, but um, you're allowed to choose then. The, the grand finale, what's the last song that's going to get played on the podcast and why? Oh, so I'm going to finish with uh, New Medicine and Die Trying. There we have it, five years in, and our first live episode is in the bag. And it was nice to do something different. I'm sure you've heard lots of different soundscapes during the episode, even if it's mostly been tea, plates, and conversation. I will try not to leave it another five years before the next one. Maybe we'll do one next September at the next Test Bash UK, which, as you semi-exclusively heard, is coming from Cambridge next September. And we march onwards towards our next milestone, which I guess is going to be episode 100, which, if we keep doing one a month, should be early 2026, and I've not forgotten that Richard Bradshaw promised me I could record it from an island, so we will get there in time. Just to recap, here's everyone you've heard from today and the songs they chose. First of all, I chose uh, Sugar Hill Gang Apache, Jump On It, as performed on stage by Vernon and Stu. 
you heard Yanir Taflev select Kaiser Chiefs with Ruby. Alex Reynolds picked the wonderful Mbop by Hansen. Simon Pryor selected Frank Turner with The Gathering. Vernon and Stu came back and chose Loyal Corner Georgetown. Diana Dromey selected You Can Call Me Al by Paul Simon. Julia Forster picked The Who with Baba O'Reilly. And finally there, Steve Moss picked Die Trying by New Medicine. They can all be found, as usual, on our Spotify playlist, which is linked in the show notes. And we'll be back to our usual studio format next month, which I'm sure you'll be glad to hear. Our guest next month will be... I will keep it a surprise, but I've lined them up at this conference. It's someone who is here. You'll have to wait and see who. Look forward to speaking to you all next month. Bye. Tesla's Island Discs is brought to you by Ministry of Testing. Written and produced by Neil Studd. Theme music by Green Day. Follow us on Twitter at Testers Island. Cool. Boom. Done.